Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 37. I'm Jack. I'm Jay. I'm ASD. And we've got lots to cover in today's podcast. The football returning, obviously being a, a massive thing that we're going to talk about, previewing the game against Man United, looking back at our best memories of our clashes against them. But we wanted to start by talking a little bit about football, but more about sort of society and the state of our country and the world at the moment. So, Andy, I'll, I'll, I'll hand over to you to start, because um, I know you've got quite a few things that you want to get off your chest. Yeah, I mean, this is the first for the podcast to talk about the state of the world. Um, true, though. It is true. We do get there occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I missed the quiz from uh, that everyone hated. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so, uh, for those... I want to talk about therapy. So I've been in therapy. Uh, I've been through some things this year. Last year, uh, my mum, after finding out she was going to, she had one brain tumour, then it turned to 12 tumours all over her body, then she died in November. And that turned out to be the same day my second daughter was born. So that was a pretty rough day, all in all. And I've been in therapy about it for all, all the things because I haven't been able to deal with stress in the same way I used to be able to deal with it the my ways of coping with things weren't applicable to having multiple kids plus lockdown plus work plus COVID and all that yeah and where we arrived at last week was actually how much I miss going to football and the value that I get out of it and so I started thinking about exactly what I get out of it and how much it almost hurts when we're tarred with the same brush as the violent thugs that we see. And I, but I don't think that we, that just having a go at these idiots, the people who just want to fight is the right way to do things. I think we need to listen. I think we need to examine that. And the first thing that the reason this is brought, being brought front uh, at the front to mind is the protests on Saturday with the democratic football lads Alliance and the clashes with, with the police. Now, what we saw there was we saw a very a, a very small amount of video clips that were shared very widely of idiots who I and I do not align with their behaviour of attacking the police, of attacking picnic goers, of attacking anyone. I do not align with that. Um, but you had these people who were brought together by the Democratic Football Lads Alliance to go down to London to protect statues. And we'll come back to that. And I just want to say that there's two very different things here. There's the Football Lads Alliance, which was set up in 2017. That was set up based on a march by a Spurs supporter, John Mayan, Megan. Um, he was a Spurs supporter and he set up after the Westminster Bridge attack and the bombing of the Manchester Arena, which happened in 2017, a couple of months apart. He wanted to have a march against extremism. And then the second march, which was organised, were the, was about the veterans against terrorism, where um, they were against Islamic extremists. Um, but then it, that's when it started to move to the right they, the FLA, the Football Lads Alliance, has started to sell poppies and give donate the money to the Royal British Legion. But a small number of FLA supporters started to discuss things which did not align with the Royal British Legion. And the Spurs supporter dissolved it straight away. However, after that, the Democratic Football Lads Alliance was set up 
and it has the the slogan of against all extremism and it's meant to be central however it's gone right so i wanted to make that distinction and then i wanted to talk about football fans and the right and then also how we're tied with the same brush. Now, we've talked about Chelsea and we talked about their connection. You know, the, the National Front used to recruit outside Chelsea back in the 70s. It was CFCNF, which is all about Chelsea Football Club and the National Front. So there's always been pockets of places that are more right wing. And what we've seen in the local, the recent elections is that um, it's the the voter base for Conservatives versus Labour has moved away from being class based. And so now we're seeing far more working class people voting for the Conservative, which is naturally right. And they are being, um, we are seeing far more extreme right wing opinions. Now, whether that means there's far more extreme right wing people, we don't know because obviously social media and the the rags, like the Mail and a few others like the Express, like the Telegraph, are publishing these views. <laughs> And so there are idiots, is what I'm saying. There are idiots who hate other people, who want to push other people down. But I think, and this is my point, is that football fans and the thugs often get grouped into the same bucket. And I think that's really dangerous. I love the aggression. I love one of the reasons I sat in the South Stand at Tottenham is because I love sitting next to the away fans and frankly swearing at them, getting it all out of my system. And that was part, going back to the therapy, we discovered recently my therapy, actually, I need that. I need to be part of something. I need to belong to a group of all my mates, of all these people around me, and I can just be there and I can sing the songs and I can express my emotion and I can get it out of me. And you've got to remember that football is inherently a working class game, or that's at least its roots. The reason that three o'clock is legally protected to be the time when we watch football where you can't have it on TV because we people should be expected to go is because that's the time the factories closed and then people went out, had lunch and went to the games. It's a working class sport. And these are people where they're seeing their money become tighter and tighter. And this isn't a point about the government. This isn't political. We're just saying that the nature of the working class recently is that money is becoming tighter, living paycheck to paycheck as is the case with working class, this is the case with any society. It, there's a there's an end of society where it's tough. But what we're seeing these days is mm. the the value system of these communities is being challenged. They're being challenged on how to speak and how to think about other people. And they really need to consider things like racism, which they've never had to do before. Their TV, TV shows are being taken down. Only Fools and Horses. Little Britain is being taken down. I'm not saying that's an exclusively working class um tool or entertainment i'm saying that they're now being taught how to they've been told by the other how to think and how to act and it's very disruptive and when things are disruptive when you are losing control when other people are taking more control or taking things away from you you naturally push back and you naturally fight so i think now is the time to listen obviously there's idiots fighting the police is not the way to go but the 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 answer is not to go they're football fans it's what we can expect that's when they do go to the euros but it's also a time to listen to them like they there's a reason people react with anger they're not all idiots they're not all idiots they're not all of them are racist there's people within the f the dfla who went down th who thought they were just there to protect these statues and that and that 
that goes back to exactly what I'm saying. We need to listen and we need to educate ourselves and we need to understand points of view because to some people, they're symbols of Britishness, of community, of everything that's good in society. And to other people, they're symbols of a heritage built on slavery, on built on negativity and th those values. And so that that clashes where we're seeing these these angers and these things bubbling over. And I know I'm doing a lot of talking. It's a subject I'm very passionate about. And I'm also passionate about listening and understanding that football is an outlet, that there are idiots. And if we don't let educate people on how to express themselves, that they're going to be fine. There's a bit in boys where people want to fight. That's just it. Like the, the thing about football firms, I'm not sure they'll ever go away. If you listen to any podcast or book with any of the, the heads of firms or anyone who's been in a firm, it's never about the football. They don't talk about the football, really. The, the, the football is just something to get behind. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a geography. It's an identity. It's an uh, tri tribalism, really, isn't it? That's, that's the word I was searching for. It's tribalism. And, I, and, I, and, I, and actually, I did. I, 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 I hadn't come across the, D D the, the Democratic Football Lads Alliance yeah. um, until um, and, and, until the weekend. That's how much of a football fan I am. I don't, think, I don't think it's about being a fan, though. <laughs> um, and but 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 um, reading up on it as as I did, I, I had no idea. I, of, of course, my first reaction was racists, mm. far right, shaven headed, racist. The way that the, the way that they were reported in the broadsheet that I read times um, collection of West Ham, Millwall, um, Chelsea um, and, and, and QPR. I was surprised at QPR um, and QPR all, all, all rocked up into town. Um, and, and of course, the first, the first reaction is is that the, the, the racist far right firms, and and it was actually only talking to you guys that I I I I I, I actually failed to even read any deeper, tried to even understand that actually it 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 actually started out relic we we arguably the force for good, yes, um and and factions start appearing and 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 it, and it is very sad what what's going on and it's sad that. The, the attentions have turned to football, but you know, let, let, let's be football is is the only thing in large swathes of our community's lives that binds people together with such passion. Exactly. That, that creates those that, that creates those factions of tribalism more so than religion. Absolutely, more so. It's replaced religion. Football is the religion of 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 of, of a lot of these swathes of fans. I'm I'm. I'm I'm, I'm not even calling them working class. I think yeah, sorry. I think there are, you know, there, there, there are thuggish elements of, you know, every, every sector, every society, every media agency. Well, yeah, and the, the, uh, the reaction of, of what we might call middle class is to not employ people of, you know, that's the thuggishness, is to, is to push pe the, the other down and to only bring in people who are the same as them. But they've got more tools and opportunity to do that in a less obvious way. It's, it's, that's the white collar version of it. In, in a way, I, 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 I would be deeply concerned now um, about going to a football match. Well, it's worth saying if, if, you're if, of Indian heritage, right? This Friday and we were all going. I'd, I'd be a little bit worried about taking my, 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 my lad. It's awful to hear you say that, Jake. Like, it really is absolutely awful. And, and, and in a way, I'm almost slightly thankful for, for 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 COVID and two meter distancing, and the fact that we, we we're going to be absent of crowds for and, until at least the end of the season, because I, I I can see things boiling over. I really can. I think I think what's 
what's the biggest frustration and, and worst thing for me in all of this is that sport and football, in my mind, has always been like an escape for people. And it's like, at the moment, what we're seeing with these f- football hooligans is a societal reflection. And that's not really what sport and football should be. It should be an escape for people. Like that couple of hours where you're with your mates and you're watching the game, like you, you don't, don't have to worry about anything else and you can just enjoy that time. That's Whereas it. actually that escape's not happening at all anymore. And actually what we're seeing is the worst things from people's lives and now coming to the forefront at a sporting event and a football game, which should be something that we all love and enjoy going to. But just from hearing what Jay's saying there, like that's one person that, you know, potentially his love for going to a game and everything that goes with it has been tarnished and, and, you know, it's difficult to get that back. You know, once you feel like that, it's hard to then, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, right? I mean, I've never felt threatened. I've never felt threatened at a Spurs game. I've seen aggro at Spurs Arsenal, but I've never felt threatened by it. And I've certainly never felt racially threatened uh, because of the colour of my skin at a Tottenham game. I really haven't. Um, But, 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 but but all of a all of a sudden I I, I and and I can see it dying down I can see it dying down and and I think the 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 the, the, the interrelationship between what 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 what's happened through 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 COVID and lockdown and BLM I mean arguably the two are related but they're not um, but 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 you you are, you you could argue this 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 adverse reaction to 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 the BLM movement um from from the from the all lives matter movement if you like mm. um it's, it's, it's partly down to covid part, partly down to the fact that people Definitely. feel repressed anyway um and, and and potentially you know i'm riffing here but but blm the, the scale of response to, to to george lloyd again a reaction um to lockdown you know people are feeling repressed anyway um but but what, 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 wherever we go, look, I, 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 I can see things calming down. I can see things dumbing down, and and you, you, you can start to, see, and and I can see actually some general. I can see genuine societal change for the good coming out of. BLM, generally, generally, we can we can all see it in our respective businesses the focus of it, um, and I firmly believe that just doesn't exist in West End media land. I think it exists um throughout every 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 business in the in 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 the country right now if not europe um that that there's a light that 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 many organizations are shining on their own workforces um and 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 we will look back at this year for many barking mad reasons but but as a catalyst for good and a catalyst for change positive change in terms of our understanding of what we need to be doing to drive better equality across society in the workplace that's perfectly summed up, Jay. That, to be honest, I don't think I could have phrased that any better. I'm glass half with it because I've I always have been, even when I was abused as a eight year old walking down the street, right through school, the the jocular abuse I got, I was always glass half full about it and relatively thick skin to it. But mm. but um but 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 na- na- nowadays nowadays it's just about protecting my lad. Mm. Um, that's it. For every thick-skinned person, there is a thin-skinned person, which it worries me. No. Yeah. 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 Anyway, shall we talk about the football returning? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, Man United, Friday night. Now, for me, Spurs-Man United is always has been and always will be such a massive game. Obviously, I know United are nowhere near the force that they used to be. But, you know, growing up as a kid, 
going over to the old white hot lane like the man united game is the game on the fixture list you'd look for after the arsenal game like that was how big it used to be they had superstars you know you think back of from when the Premier League's began, they've ha- always had the best players, you know, the awe of Ferguson, the attacking football that they played. They were, you know, they're a treble winning side. They're absolutely unstoppable for, you know, a long, long time. Um, so to see them where they are now still absolutely amazes me. But I wanted to talk a little bit about your memories of Spurs against Man United, your best memories, your worst, best goals everything that goes along with, with Spurs against Man United. So what stands out to you, um, as Dil, come to you first, as some great memories of, of that clash between Spurs and United over the years? I mean, I think I've been quite lucky with our, our games against Man United. I'm just getting my sheet up. But the first one is the 3-0, the three nil, uh, where it was really tight. It was, let me find it, 3-0, 10th of April 2016. Um Nil-nil until about the 70th minute. Now, that's the one where there was some US official fans behind us who were singing the songs before, uh, which was great. I love seeing them. I tried to speak to them, but they ignored me. I tried to actually interview them for this podcast, and then they just sort <laughs> they of, they blanked me. Yeah, knobs. Um, but then as soon as the game started, like they just, I think they were shocked by how intense the shouting was in between the United fans and the Spurs fans. Um, it got so aggressive that one United fan got chucked out because he lost it. Wasn't even drunk, just so, lost it. The police I took him out. That. I it love was... seeing it again when literally it's just too much for someone and they've got to go. It's brilliant. Uh, I've only seen us lose once, but that game was amazing. So that game was amazing because we scored three ga- three goals in seven minutes, and that was it was just next level. Emma was with me, my wife, my lovely wife, and we. I love being with her when we when we win. Um, that was Delhi, Alderweireld, and Lamella. Lamella, uh, unbelievable. Um, the other two I've got are one I didn't particularly like was the one-one where we scored in Fergie time, Dempsey oh, scoring. Snow. Yeah. yeah, Snow was amazing. Van Persie scored, I think. I think it was his first time he come to White Hart Lane <laughs> as a United player, and that's the one where I had the raw denim jeans and I couldn't do the fly-up, so I was late back to my seat and actually missed the Van Persie goal, and we scored in Fergie time. Um, the other one is the Sandro goal, and I think that was a 2-2 draw, was it? Yeah, that was an absolute screamer from Sandro, that. That was one of the best, and that was quite, I mean, if I, I'm looking at that team now, Larice Walker, Vertonghen, Dawson, Kirikes, Dembele, Lennon, Sandro, Soldano, Soldano, Soldado, Polino, Chadley, had no right winning that game. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember we played really, really well when we should have beaten them. Because mm. that was, I think that was David Moyes. It might have even been Moyes' first season. And yeah. they come back twice. Did Rooney score a penalty in that game? Loris. That's right. Uh, yeah. Loris. Well, he, he did the yeah. knockout. That was when he got the, he did the knockout uh, celebration, which is on FIFA, where there'd been, the, the video went viral of him having a boxing match in his, um, in his with Phil Bars in, he got knocked out, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Some great ones there. Jay, how about you? What what memories have you got of the United game? Well, I mean, latter years from early 20s up until the, the, the Pochettino era, didn't win a game. Yeah, it was horrific, wasn't it? It's horrific. It was horrific. Coming up against, coming up against Fergie's boys, um, season in, season out, home or away. We just, we, they, we just, we just convinced. I, I was actually, I was, I was trying to look back at the, 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 the game that, um, I was actually at in about nine. Was it ninety five, ninety six, uh, ninety seven, uh, where where Steve Steve Stevie Cars where Stevie Cars 
scored that ridiculous yeah. goal from the far. I think the it was 99-2000 because no, I believe that they were the treble. They'd won the treble. They'd won the treble. I was at that game. Yeah, same. I was at that game. And it was just ridiculous because I, I, I went because I had, I had a bonus opportunity to go, fully expecting to lose. Um, and it was just it was just ridiculous. One the, of those the, games that the, wasn't it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it was a long time ago. I barely remember it. But I do, I do remember vividly just not winning a game, and then all of a sudden, uh, our, our psyche changing. Uh, there was that, there was that ridiculously good game that we had at their place on September under AVB, where we beat three oh, two. Yeah, yeah. Back back. Which, which could um, be a that game that might be featured in the quiz later. So. Well, Vertonghen scored really early on, didn't yeah. he? The clumsy, yeah. it was a bit like Bale's goal in the Copa del Rey, where every touch is a bad touch, but somehow he makes it work for him. Who scored the third one in that one? Dempsey. Oh, yeah. We were battered for the last absolutely 20 minutes. annihilated. Nani most, the most of the second half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but by, by that time, Fergie had gone, hadn't he? Fer- Fergie was out, no, wasn't he? By no, then? that was Fergie. That we was beat Fergie. Fergie at Old Trafford in his last season. The yeah. next season, we won 2 1. Um, and was that, that on a was... New Year's Day with um, with Tim Sherwood, yeah, and Adebayor yeah. scored, and I think Ericsson scored, and we beat. Yeah, that's right, Ericsson. Yeah. And then, but then, but then, obviously, the the the, the, the run the, the run from then just just favoured us all all the way until obviously the last few games. But but so 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 it almost I almost expected to beat Man United. Mm. You know, Man United were 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 in all sorts of bother under Van, Van Gaal and what's his chops before him. Um, or Everton guy, not the most under Moyes and then Van Hout. You, you expected to beat Man United. Mm. Um, I remember one brilliant night. I think it was a really cold January. It was Wembley. I went. I went with Don of of the podcast fame, and and we obviously missed Christian Eriksen's goal because who, who, who was later turning up? You or Don? Uh, <laughs> He's still waiting for Don to turn up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the queues were. Same. You've never seen. You've never seen Wembley as busy as it was, and 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 that that was just an extraordinary game. It it stayed one nil for most of the game, but Dembele just bossed it in the mid in the middle. Pogba got moved around and then subbed early. They were just nowhere to be seen. And whilst it stayed one nil for most of that game, I think I think there was an own goal at the end uh, to take it to two nil. You just had no fear that we we were we were we, they were going to equalise. You had no fear that we were going to lose control of that game. So it was it was just an outstanding time to watch the fixture. I remember that game, Jay, as well, and the atmosphere being unbelievable. And I know normally a big game, night game, an early goal does that, but I just remember after Ericsson scored, it was bouncing Wembley. Yeah. It was literally yeah. like I remember there being times it was like. Are we at Wembley or are we back at our ground? It, it, it was yeah. that good for that that big game. It uh, was. That was such a great memory, that Ericsson goal. Like it was just absolutely yeah, yeah bonkers to score that early. You know, you very rarely see a goal inside the first five minutes in a football game, but oh, just yeah. one that early. Literally under a minute. It was from kick it was about twenty seconds, it's from it was, kickoff. Yeah. We, no, it, it was it was like fourteen seconds. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kane flicked it on, didn't he? And then Delhi laid it off and Ericsson just tucked it in the corner and we were just all going absolutely crazy. It was a, a, a br- absolutely brilliant time. And that was um, Mourinho's United, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yeah, and they they just signed that was Alexis Sanchez's debut. Yes. They just got him. 
So obviously, I remember coming down on the train and United fans were all being really loud and cocky about the fact we've got Sanchez, all this stuff. And I was quite scared of the United attack at that point because Sanchez going there felt like a really big move for them. Um, But he was terrible. He didn't get a kick. Like I said, Pogba was nowhere. I also remember Fellaini coming on 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 about 70 minutes and then getting sub 10 minutes later. Yes. Um, It was just, it was absolutely brilliant night. Um, But of course, the other one that we haven't talked about is the yes, lane the finale, the which yeah. you know will yeah. always be a, a brilliant yes. top Man United memory. Um, just phenomenal memories looking back. Yeah, and and again another one. We just it was inevitable that we were going to win that. Yeah, it was inevitable that we were going to boss it, as we bossed pretty much every side that 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 season that visited us, and and we just bossed them from start to finish. It was just it was just a, a joy, absolute joy. Now Jay, I know you touched on it a minute ago, but we did have that horrific run for it was about 20 years where we didn't beat them um so i did want to just look back just for some perspective about some of the horrific results that we've had and these were just a a few games because there's so many to pick from and one of my worst was when they beat us four nil at home and this was one of the most one-sided games of football i'd i'd ever seen it was just they played us off the park it was 2007 um, and goal. the first half was quite quiet and they, Ronaldo scored a penalty right on half time and then in the second half it was Vidic on 48 Skulls on 54 and Giggs on 77 and they just, they just hammered us 4-0 and we just we could not get near them um, and then there's the two very infamous if you're a Spurs fan yeah, I was gonna say. Um, come United come back so the Is one at White Hart Lane 3-0 up at home at White Hart Lane and they come back and beat us 5-3 and then 2-0 up at Old Trafford and they come back and beat us 5-2. Um, just, they were games where as soon as the first one went in, you just thought, here we go. Yeah, yeah. It was just absolutely bonkers. But yeah. that was that United team, that was how good they were, right? That at 3-1, you, you're thinking they're going to beat us here, which, yeah. you know, it just it did defies logic, but they just they had that belief, didn't they, back then? Um, and and, and la- last, couple, last couple of seasons, they've started edging us again. You know, I think that, that, that last game at Wembley... Uh, where I felt like we were just absolutely bossing them. Oh, De Gea, wasn't it? Saved. And, uh, you know, yeah. the, the, literally the minute Sissoko goes off injured midway through the first half, uh, Pogba finds space yeah. and just, just pings it long where he was not getting the space before. He was right in front of me. I was West Lower as well. He was right in front of me. All of a sudden, where Sissoko isn't, Pogba's now able, able, able to just pick out Rashford from, from about 30 yards, 40 yards. And and he was clear on goal, and and literally that was the only chance. And we must have had about nine shots on goal in the yeah. second. I think it didn't De Gea break a Premier League record for the most amount of saves oh, made yeah. in half. It was just he saved. There were there was. I remember him saving a header and a really close in shot from Delhi, where you just yeah. you just thought, how how have you saved that? It yeah. was absolutely incredible goalkeeper performance. Just yeah. you don't see that very often, but you know he he's one of the best around De Gea. Yeah. No, and, and smirk, Mourinho on on the um, on, on on the sidelines, just just smirking all the way through. Yeah, but there but you go. He's he's in our dugout now. So what do we think <laughs> about the game on Friday? You know, are we? I think it's a really strange. It feels like the first game of the season, right? Where you have absolutely no. I think if anything, it feels even worse than that in terms of we have no idea where we're at. Because we no, haven't seen look. pre-season games, we, you know, obviously there's no transfer or anything like that. So it's like we could come back and be far on all cylinders, or we could be extremely leggy and just so far off the pace. And every yeah. team's in the same boat. 
No, well, I think I think I think if you look very specifically at Tottenham and you look very specifically at Man United and where 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 these two sides were pre-lockdown, United were in the ascendancy and and finally starting to find some really interesting form. Um, albeit Rashford was out, wasn't he, at the time? Yeah, but Bruno uh, Fernandez looked looked decent, didn't he? Since yeah, he's come to Bruno Fernandez, absolutely bossing it. Uh, we we couldn't have been in a worse position. Mm. Yeah. So so I, I'm 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 hoping I'm I'm pretty sure Mourinho's smart enough to, to to say this. It can't get any worse for us. The only way the only way for us is up. But 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 United don't know where they are. Yeah. Finally, we'll, we'll go into it knowing if Arsenal are above us or below us, and that's a big deal. And this would I mean, what's the t- we're uh, seven points behind them? Is that right? Some is we're not far because what you've got to bear in mind is that at the minute City are on a Champions League ban, aren't they? So currently, yeah. as, as the way things stand, fifth place will get you Champions League football. So no, we're only we're, sorry, we're only four points behind them at the moment. Yeah. Is that excited right now? Fifth yeah. Point. So it's, it's very tight, and there's lots to play for. But I also think that we're in the position where I don't think that there are many Spurs fans that expect us to get Champions League qualification. So I'm not, I don't think it's as extreme as saying to Jose, you've got a bit of a free hit for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. but the expectation's not as high. Whereas I think United going into this game and the rest of the season, because like what you said, Jay, they have turned a corner. Their fans will all be thinking we should get this now. So I think it's going to be a really, really interesting game. Um, I know Jose's made comments, hasn't he, and said to fans that he expects the first couple of games like the Bundesliga to be quite slow and that intensity is not quite going to be there in terms of what we're used to so I'm intrigued to see you know what that means for us because if you look at our attack on paper we've got a pre- pretty lightning quick side now you know obviously yeah. Kane coming back fit but Sun, Lucas and Bergwijn is a you know mm. that's there's serious pace there so I, I, I wonder if you know the typical Mourinho style of you know drop off but then pounce on them when they you know get into our half we mm. could actually be really effective with with that front four yeah and, and rock solid in the middle if we lose it. Well, I think it's massive having Sissoko back. And I know that, ASD, you're, you've never been a massive fan of Sissoko. Um, but it's, I think it's been clear. I've changed a bit. What, yeah. it's, it's clear to see that he does bring something to the side. It might not be, you know, what we'd expect out of a central midfielder for a team, you know, that wants to challenge for the league. But we've missed him when he hasn't been there. So it's massive for him to be back. It's yeah. a bit, for me, it's a bit like... Um... Henderson. Henderson isn't world-class. He's surrounded by world-class players and he does a really good job with his limited ability. That's mm. what Sissoko does. And what, what I love about Sissoko is he's just got his head down and tried. And he's 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 come out great. I'm, I'm fully behind him now. Yeah. Uh, Oria is not there for me. No, um, I wouldn't have him in. I wouldn't have him anywhere near the team, to be honest. But it's the, statistically, the stuck, we're stuck for choices out there. Statistically, well, he's really good. good. Tanganga's out, isn't he? They've said yeah, that's devastating. So there aren't really any other options at right back other than Aurier. You know, I'd rather all. I think I'd rather Aurier be out there than Foyth, like mm. centre half out of position. Like, I'd rather, I'd probably rather Aurier be out there. Tanganga for me would be the first choice out there every day of the week at the moment, but we can't. Yeah. But I know you're saying about statistics, ASD. It is interesting the amount of assists that he has got. And tackles. But, I mean, he plays more as a right winger, doesn't he, than a right back? This is the thing about the the full back the, who go forward is like Terry. Uh, you know, you've got Trent Arnold, who is one of the best players in the world. I honestly think, I honestly believe that. Like he, I've never seen a, 
a right back run a game before. There was a game where specific, very specifically he ran the game uh, from right back and it was unbelievable. But it feels to me that now you can be a failed winger and not really be a good winger or a good right back and sort of hash together the both of them. And that's what we've got in Ori, I feel. Um, obviously, he's, ten, he's a million times better than I'll ever be, but um, I just don't see that. I don't. I, I don't see him as a Mourinho player either. I see Chorluca as more of a Mourinho player than Oria. You know, just yeah, solid. He's always preferred, isn't he? The the the, like the physically strong uh, mm. fullbacks and centre halves that that maybe you know don't look to go forward and do so much. But I guess that that's a point for Jose, isn't it? That you know he whether or not that style works anymore. You know, because yeah. the game is so much more about pace, isn't it? Like, if you look at all the top sides in the world, it's just blistering pace where, you know, you think back to the Mourinho sides that dominated. Yeah, there were, obviously there were pacey players around, but it was a lot more on sort of brute strength and and defence. And I'm just, I'm very intrigued to see how we set up against United because I think, you know, six months ago, we would have definitely set up extremely defensive because of all the injuries we've had and, and everything that goes along with it. But with a fully fit squad, I'm just interested to see how he approaches it because I think on paper we've got a better side than United. Um, so I'd like to see us on the front foot against them. Who would you have from their side instead of ours? Yeah, Fernandez. You'd have De Gea in goal, definitely. You would. Um, definitely. Um, I'd, pro- you'd, I'd have Wan Bissaka, the right back. Oh, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's he's, he's pretty solid. He's unstoppable at the back. Yeah. He's, he's, Pogba, he's, that's the one. I don't know. I don't know about Pogba. The, the right. issue with Pogba is he's got he's got all the ability in the world. And if you're t- if you're looking at a player in terms of just what he can do, in my mind, he could play in any team in the world on on pure ability. But it's not just that. And like you've got to run back when you play football. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like you have yeah. to do the other side of the game. Um, I probably would still take him, if I'm honest, just because that's a position of ours that we're so weak in. Um, there's probably a case for quite a few of their central midfielders to get in our side at the moment. Um, but, other, but other than that, um, you'd maybe I'd maybe have him alongside Toby. Maybe. Who? Maguire. But... His face is too big. Still like yours, I'm just really close to the camera. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, there's not there's not a huge amount of other players that I would have from that United side. Not not you in terms of first eleven. Fernandez tomorrow, I think you'd have him. Oh yeah, he's he's class all over. Do you know what I I thought Sanchez was one of the best players in the Premier League when he left Arsenal to go to United. He I really was. thought he was. He, he he was just he ran that 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 club. Like that was when Ozil was really good for them as well. Like they just did really well, and then suddenly he just lost it. He he got too much cash, or I don't know what it was. It was just something just a bit broken. Well, you get them players, you get them players, don't you? That just they just they're gone like overnight. I don't know what happens with some of them, but they're just it's the Torres thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where it's like, well, Torres just... was injured. Torres was injured, um, and because it happened so last minute, they didn't do a medical. Um, he he was he had a he he was just slower. And if you ever look at one of my favourite things to do is look at Torres Liverpool goals because the man was unstoppable. Honestly, one of my favourite strikers to watch. His goal against Blackburn, I think, is my greatest Premier League goal of all time. But the when he lost his pace, he lost all his superpowers. His, his Samson's hair was gone. 
but that but that was it with Torres though, wasn't it? Like he was a brilliant striker, but if you look at his qualities, he was a great finisher and he was quick. Mm. And that was his game, wasn't it? And it's like as soon, as soon as one of it's it's the same as Michael Owen. Like yeah. I know Michael Owen had a much better career after his injury than Torres did, because but he was able to change his game, but he was never the same. Watch Bale. When Bale loses that pace, he's he's going to find it really difficult. Another Mm. one, you know, he's not he's not got the pace. Look at him; he's at Everton side that are struggling. You know, Mm. like think back ten years, we all thought that he was going to go on and you know be one of England's greatest players. It's just Cristiano Ronaldo. He's thirty five and he's still he's still bossing games. He he hasn't lost his pace either. He's. I think that guy's just an exception. Do you know what I mean? It's like he uh, he could probably, put, and I'd love to see it. Imagine if he ca- if he played till he was like in his mid forties, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? And he probably can, because yeah. what is he now? Thirty five. Thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. And I mean, he's incredible. It's just phenomenal what he's doing. Yeah. But again, you've seen him change his game, haven't you, over the years, where he was that flying winger, and now he's much more of a central striker. Doesn't yeah. cover as much going again. He's just his goalscoring record's just terrifying. Um, but I think whenever you talk about you know the best players in in the world, you, you almost just have to put Messi and Ronaldo out of the conversation because yeah, they're freaks. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So what's the score going to be on Friday? I'm going to go for two one Spurs. Three one Spurs. Three one. Kane, Kane, Bergwijn. Mora. Do I... I don't think Mora will start. I don't, I don't think he'll so. come on. But do you remember when we beat him three 0 and Morris scored yeah. three goals? We bossed them that game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Jay? Oh God! Oh God! I think it'll be really tense. And yes. I, well, I think it'll be nil nil at half time, and I think we'll edge it one nil. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kane penalty. Hmm. It's not a bad shout. Um, should we do a quick quiz now? Yeah. So this is the We Are Tottenham Hotspur quiz. So I'll give you a game that Spurs have played in and half of that starting lineup. And then your job between you is to figure out the rest of that starting 11. So I have done Man United 2, Tottenham Hotspur 3, 2012, that game that we mentioned earlier, um, mm. going up there and beating Man United at Old Trafford um, under Sir Alex Ferguson. So the goalkeeper for Spurs that day was Brad Friedel. Friedel, yeah. I want you to name the right back and both centre halves. The left back was Jan Vertonghen. Right hand side of midfield was Aaron Lennon. Left hand side of midfield was Gareth Bale. I need one central midfielder, and the other central midfielder was Moussa Dembele. And then the front two were Clint Dempsey. And then I need you to name the other striker. So I need the right back, the two centre-halves, the centre midfielder and the striker. No, I watched this earlier, so I, I know it. I didn't know the quiz, but I, I, I know this team, so I know all the answers off the top of my head. Jay, see if you can get it. Um, OK, right, right back was Chorluka into... Was, were, were we at Carl Walker by then? Carl Walker. Carl Walker was at right back at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forget how long he was he was with us. Uh, halves. I think these this is probably the hardest position to get. Well, it had to be Dawson. Oh. No. Back wrong. No. Can I I can give you clues. Oh, that's going to be. One of them is a former Chelsea centre half. Oh, Gallas. 
The other one plays, his middle name is Roy, and he currently plays for Alana Sapor. He's made one appearance for the England national team and represented the Great Britain Olympic football team at the 2012 Olympics. Who the hell are we talking we about? Sold, we sold him to... Swansea. Swansea. And he'd he had made, a long spell at Cardiff. He's played for Not England Cardiff. once and he's scored. No, 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 no. Sold him to Swansea. Yeah. Yeah, he was actually... A, no, we didn't. We sold him to Cardiff because he went on loan to Swansea and then he went to Cardiff. I mean, it was their captain. Oh, was the big guys, Corker. Yeah, Corker, excellent. I liked him. Why did Why did we sell him? Got a lot of money from, didn't we, at the time? Ten, twelve million. Wasn't good enough. It was a lot of money at the time for him. Oh, and he showed signs, didn't he? he was I young, he was strong. Be good. Huh? I thought he was going to be a good centre half for us, really? but yeah, aggressive. I think JJ had gone by then, so I'm, I'm going to stick with Huddleston. wasn't Big Tom and it wasn't JJ either. Sexy man. He was a man that we spoke about earlier. Plays the guitar. Jack doesn't like him, I do. Often they were training video, like viral videos of him doing kicks. What? He, he, went, sound, he soundproofed he went, his house so he could have parties and keep the sound in. What? He went to QPR and got injured and really like a career oh. injury celebrating a goal in training. Sandro. Correct. Correct. And then, it, it, tell me, <laughs> you, you are just a font of useless Sandro facts there. Man, I loved him. He <laughs> apparently just used to sleep anywhere. I think I think that 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 was probably the first time in a long time I started really idolising one of our players. I just don't get. I really never understood the Santo hype. I really I just did not get it. He was the beast. He was, was the beast. beast. We 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 were so flimsy up until then, but but all of a sudden then the beast came. I think and we then, had a very natural progression in that position. We went from. Um, Chimbonda to Palacios to Sandro to Parker to Dembele. We just it's just progressively gone up, and now, yeah. now we're in so great, so it's not great. But and we've got we've got nobody in that position now if we're that defensive. No. And Jay, I need the striker that played up top with Clint Dempsey. Got an Have. Easy. Have no. What? I mean, Defoe. Yeah. Jermaine Defoe, there we go. So that side that beat yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson and Man United was Friedwin goal, Walker, Galas, Corker, Vertonghen, Lennon, Dembele, Sandro, Bale, Dempsey, Defoe. <laughs> Incredible to think that side went to Old Trafford and scored three goals and one. Um, ASD, you've got a quiz. Well, yeah, I pre- prepped one. Just It was so Pochettino's first game. Oh. I think we've done this team. So I'm going to read you the team. I'm going to tell you three players were substituted. I want who came on. So we had Larice Norton, who got sent off. Kabul, yeah. Dyer, Rose. Kapu and Bentaleb, which is a bit rough. Mm-hmm. Ericsson, Lamella, Lennon and Adebayor. And now the front, those three, apart from Ericsson, Lamella, Lennon and Adi, all got substituted. But I want you to tell me who, who came on. So Lamella... Well, I know Harry Kane came on because oh, yeah. he threaded the ball through for Dyer, so didn't Addy. he? Yeah. Um, who else potentially could have come on? Will Ryan Mason get a game? No, it was a good shout, though. No. I don't have the unused... Chad Nassau Chadley? 
Um, nope. So for Lamella, uh, I think his first appearance for us was against West Brom away. He never really made it. Little. Little blonde fella. And Lewis Holtby. Yeah. Little and fella. Little fella. Oh, I think I, I think I know the other one. Is the other one Townsend? Yeah, very good. Yes. Very good. Excellent. Yeah, well done. Well done. Yeah, that team is just shocking, isn't it? Yeah, it's, like, it's really poor, really, really bang average on, stuff. On, on paper right now, we've got a stronger side than any of those. Oh, God, yeah. Look at us. And 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 we we and we're bristling with with fear and trepidation, based on based on a half a half strength side that couldn't win a game about three months ago. Yeah, I think this is the frustration that, especially with the players that we've got in attacking areas, you look at that side and you think with one or two more additions, this yeah. could be a really really strong team. You know, if if he yeah. gets Lascelles so far and if he gets Undumbele. You know, yeah. playing so players we know he is. If you can then find somebody to sit at the base of that midfield, and if you can find a, a, a right back and maybe a centre half, you know, you're looking at a pretty strong team then. You are. Um, but I, it's just whether or not you can get any of those players now. I'm backing Jose to. I'm backing Jose to 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 to, to build some transformative influence on one or two players in this in this post lockdown period. Yeah. Yeah. You already started to see it with with Musa Sissoko. Yeah. Started scoring goals, moving up into that sort of sort of upper right hand pocket, didn't he? Sort of sort of attacking midfield. All of a sudden, he was there on the right hand side of, a, of 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 midfield, just getting into the box. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I, I I can see I can see I I hope it's Ondombele. Yeah. I'd yeah. Love, how good would that be? It would just be all of a sudden everything that we said about him six months ago. We're looking, we're looking back at a year, eighteen months of what we were saying about Sissoko, and all of a sudden he just clicked. And um, I, th- I think, I think, I think we'll see something like that in the next few months. I hope so, and I think that we've all, everybody's seen glimpses from Ndombele, haven't they? Like there's been moments in games where you've been like, oh, there's a player there, but it's, it's just it. whether or not he's able to apply it consistently. Because yeah. if he is. You know, there's a player there, but you know it's easier said than done. So I'm I'm very intrigued to see where he plays him as well. I think that that will be. I think that from what I've seen so far, a four-three-three where he's got one person definitely just sort of sitting and, and playing that defensive role, allowing him to go forward and link up with the other central player, seems to me like what his best position would be. Yeah. Uh, but but we'll see. You never know. He might play him up behind the striker. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting times. Very exciting times. It's great to have football back, you know, and this time next week we'll be sat here reviewing the United game and it, it feels like such a long time Amazing. since we've actually properly spoken about a game that's just happened, you know. I've had great fun, though, over this lockdown period talking about old seasons, old games and, you know, just looking back and it's been a chance to reflect on football, right, and, and talk about stuff outside of the day-to-day. But mm. I am really looking forward to... The game on Friday, and then and then talking with you guys about it next week. Most definitely. Right, cool. Remember, whatever happens until then, future's white, future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. 
Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.